FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 411 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. <laughs> I'm your host, Jason Venable, and this is the podcast where you get the 411 on all things Wolverine. Get it? Because episode 411. You know, let's pretend we live in a world where I've been sitting on that joke since episode 1. Or not. <laughs> anyway, we're going to focus on Wolverine Black, White, and Blood, which came out this past week. Um, and then we'll talk about a couple other random. Wolverine guest spots as well. Uh, this will probably be a, a bonus episode, a little on the short side, but that's okay. We're just trying to get you some some nice Wolverine content bathed in blood um, as we start November off. Um, yeah, some Wolverine black, white, and blood number one. Um, kind of in the vein uh, for those of you, uh, Batman fans and the Batman black and white books that pop up from time to time. Um, kind of an interesting, you know, way to, to show some stories. This is kind of the same thing, but everything's black, white, and red. Because blood is red. Um, it's just a collection of stories, uh, kind of in different points of continuity, or maybe not even necessarily in continuity, depending on what you want, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we have a cover by Adam Kubert, which is pretty great. Um, just a menacing looking Wolverine kind of crouched in fighting position and I love Kubert's Wolverine one of my favorites um, and it's in black and white and blood as he like the bottom third of the cover is in red and the top third is in black and white with Wolverine's figure but lots of blood sorry I, don't, I can't do that anymore um, lots of blood drenched over his body and then the red portion on the bottom part of the cover is like a pool of blood and his figure is reflected in black in the pool it's a pretty stark image pretty striking uh, looks really nice actually I think there's a variant cover that's just the reflection in the, in the blood pool um, it looks pretty great as well. I did not pick it up, but it looks really good. Um, so, uh, in this, we have three stories, and I think there's going to be four of these. So I guess 12 stories total by different creative teams. Uh, the first one in this one is The Beast Within Them, written by Gary Dugan, art by Adam Kubert, colors by Frank Martin. Well, it's funny, it says colors here. When it does the credits on the actual story, it says Blood by Frank Martin. <laughs> or Reds, maybe. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, I Shall Be a Wolf is written by Matt, Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, art by Joshua Casera. And colors by Guru FX. And then Cabin Fever is all by Declan Shelby. All of it. So that's pretty cool. Um... These are pretty good stories, pretty interesting. There's not necessarily a whole lot to them. Um, so the, the Dugan, Hubert, Martin story takes place back in the Weapon X days. It's a really cool first panel of some carcasses in the snow and 
Adam Kubert drawing a really badass looking vulture, like picking at the carcasses, and of course it's black, white, and red. Um, and it's pretty cool. So we have our Weapon X people talking to the Professor and Hines about what is, at this point, Experiment X, Logan. Um, and they're talking about how, you know, he's he's done all these things, all these experiments, he's fought all the, all the animals and even some people, but they need more data and they haven't really found anything that challenges them. Um, it's interesting because there's a two-page spread in this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight panels across and four panels deep, so that's 32 panels, um, which is a lot uh, on the, this two-page spread. That kind of sets the stage of like the violence, but then also the futility of, of putting things up against Experiment X. And interesting enough, I think this may be a new thing, um, or it might not, I don't remember. It was not in the original story, which I've read recently. There's other stuff I haven't read as recently, so I'm trying to remember. But basically the way they transfer Logan around is with this big, like, magnet. You know, have you ever been to, like, the junkyard with the big magnets to, like, pick up the cars? It's kind of like that. Um, and so whenever they need to hold him, they just power up the magnet, and of course his adamantium bones, he's like stuck to it. Um, that's pretty cool. And then the last panel is a double snicked with the snicked in red as he scares off the vultures. Um, and they talk about how they found they finally found something else that might finally prove a challenge. Then we get another double page spread, but this time instead of 32 panels, it's one panel. And it is a really gnarly uh, Wendigo uh, jumping out of the pines at uh, Experiment X, and you know, he's all decked out in his Weapon X stuff with a helmet and the almost nudity and the, like, Ghostbuster traps that hang off of him, for lack of a better word. Um, and Wendigo has already been feasting, right? His his claws are already soaked in blood. He's got blood on his chest and then his hair and his teeth. Now, Hubert does a very monstrous Wendigo, like really big, like monster teeth, even when his mouth is closed. It's like these giant, like sharp monster teeth almost. And, um, you know, and Wendigo's, his, uh, his appearance has evolved a lot over the years. I mean, mostly furry human, <laughs> anywhere to a giant monster and kind of anywhere in between. Uh, Kubert definitely goes on the side of the horror, which definitely plays into this issue, right? I mean, this is a very... I mean, when, you're, when your colors are black, white, and red for blood, and there's a lot of red on these pages, it, you know, plays into the brutality of some of these Wolverine stories. Um, so Wendigo is, uh, he's soaked in blood. And, he, you know, he puts up a good fight. Um, but in the end... Experiment X prevails and is about to move in for the kill and uh, Wendigo says something in French. His human side says something. And that makes Wolverine, I'm sorry, makes Experiment X pause. And they talk about how he's done this many times before. He starts, he has like a little bit of self-awareness and he starts trying to cut all the, uh, the monitors off of him. And then that's when they, they send a shock through the helmet to knock him out and then power up the magnet so that he is, is stuck and can't do anything. They also decide that this Wendigo has a lot of potential. Not only is it more for more testing, but also maybe like his actual own uh, 
potential as far as like genes and stuff like that. So they uh, they take Wendigo's body as well, and um, you know Logan thinks to himself, he, he th- you know this whole time he's kind of talking about how you know am I a monster because I was always a monster or did they make me a monster? And you know he kind of talks about Weapon X. Who made them? A, if they made me a monster, who made them a monster? Because they're monsters too. Um, and he basically says, um, you know, at the end, you know, they took everything from me except what mattered the most in the core of himself that was able to resist and not want to kill Wendigo once he realized it was a person. And he he sees a reflection of, of blood in the snow, but instead of, like, being decked out in the Experiment X stuff and trapped to the magnet, it's just his own Logan in the reflection, which is pretty cool, right? Kind of his awareness that... You know, I know who they're trying to make me, but it's not who I am or who I'm going to be. And, you know, we know how the story turns out. But, um, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Of course, Kubert's art is the main, main portion of this and with, with Martin. Yeah, here's where it says Frank Martin reds <laughs> instead of uh, colors, which is pretty nice. Um, yeah, the art is fantastic. It's definitely brutal, right? Um you know, the fight between Logan and the Wendigo is uh, pretty violent, you know? Uh, more red gets splattered across the page with each each swipe of the claws, uh, respectively. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it's a good little story. All right, so this uh, Rosenberg Kassara story, um, we start off in like a bar, and there's blood everywhere, and like dismembered Hydra agents. And then Logan's like bleeding out. He's got like a gunshot to the uh, abdomen, and he's like bleeding out and crawling towards the bar. And there's a couple of guys still alive. Um, there's one particular Hydra agent that has like three giant slashes across his belly, and he's obviously dead. Um, it's a pretty gruesome page. It's a full page splash, but um, it, it looks pretty good. You know, I gotta say, uh, not to not to spoil too much about how I'm gonna feel, but um. Now, I've been kind of lukewarm on Kassara on X-Force. And I really do think maybe it's the color choices. Like, trying to make it almost painterly. Or maybe he's doing a different pencil job. But but here, his art... It wor- I don't know, it works a lot better for me in black and white. It really does. It looks a lot more interesting. So, the idea of this story is, is Logan, you know, is uh, after this fight, he's captured by this Hydra doctor who's a... He's a tormentor, a torturer. Uh, they call him the the Grand Inquisitor of Hydra, and he's uh he's talking about Wolverine, and they basically retell a story, and the story is that you know Hydra was there to track Nick Fury. Nick Fury ran into Logan. Logan, you know, butchered some Hydra agents. We get a really nice snicked. Uh, it's just a red, bold, big snicked across the page. Um, you know, and he eviscerates the Hydra agents, and then he leaves, and gets lost for a second, and then they find him again, and they track him to this bar, which they think is the shield uh, drop-off. We get more brutal pages, including a decapitation, as he mows through more Hydra agents, and he gets captured. And then Logan says, well, that's not really the story. Um, the story is, Nick Fury knew you were coming, he asked for my help and gave me some documents. I led y'all here, got captured on purpose, and because there's a bomb. And they're like, no, 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 no. We searched you here. I'll call the number 
in this book in these files and you know I'm going to talk to Nick Fury and tell him I have his, his weapon and like, no no I'm a bomb and turns out that the bomb is inside Wolverine yeah he he snicked himself cut open his tummy put the bomb in there and they trace it back and it's sending a signal to the phone and he blows up the tower and that's I shall be a wolf um, the last page looks pretty great it's a big giant explosion with a big boom um obviously taking some liberties this is more of the uh, the healing factor that can recover from being burnt in the sun than it is the healing factors I prefer because obviously Wolverine blows himself all the way up um, you know, and we'll we'll pull himself back together. Not my, not my favorite version of the healing factor, but it is definitely canon, so can't can't fault them. Um, that story's pretty good. Like the interplay and the narration um, of kind of the trick of getting the bomb in there is pretty interesting. Um, so then, Cabin Fever is a Declan Shalvey story. Um, it's from the Grant Morrison era, and Wolverine's riding a, a motorcycle through the Canadian wilderness, and he hears a scream and he goes running towards this cabin and there's a baby and uh, his parents have been murdered they are uh, either Canadian police or Mounties or both I'm not real sure what the difference is but he figures out that he's been there's more people coming and so he hides the baby in the in the stove and then it's like don't shoot there's a baby but they they open fire they light up the cabin and they come in and they're like alright we got everyone just this one guy and they hear a cry, and they're like, what? Who? What sick person does this? And then Logan hops up with a snicked through the guy's head, and he goes to town, just being violent. Logan, he massacres the, uh, the soldiers. Some more soldiers come, but he continues to just kind of mow them down, and all black, white, and blood. Uh, cuts a guy in half, <laughs> cuts some guy's arms off. Um, it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's pretty, pretty violent. There's a couple of panels where Wolverine like is in like there's a white panel and then Wolverine's all in red like he's a red figure uh, it's not quite a silhouette there's some black like really faint like outline of his features and stuff um, but yeah it looks pretty great and there's some panels where they do the inverse right where instead of a white page with black and red there's a red page with black and white um, of him just in pure carnage and then a full page spread of him on top of the bodies and you know, he goes back and gets the baby and takes him outside. Wolverine at this point is all red. I'm just completely covered in blood and guts and like like a Walking Dead style where they, they cover themselves in the zombie guts. That's what it looks like. But it's from all the blood he shed. And, he, and finally, one of the other sheriffs shows up and says that you know he was, he was taking bribes from some smugglers. Uh, his partner found out. And he told his partner not to do anything, but his partner was going to. And so then he found out that there was a hit on his partner, and he was coming to Warner, but he was too late. And Wolverine's like, well, um, take the baby. And basically says, you know, you owe your partner an, an extreme debt. You tried to do the right thing, but it was too late. But now you have another chance to do the right thing. You know, raise, raise their child. Um, and then he, he walks off into the snow. And leaves the the cop standing there, the sheriff with the baby, and um, that's an interesting story. Um, so all of these, the art's really good, the stories are fine. Um, 
lots of just brutality, which I think all four of these issues is going to be full of, right? This is going to be, this is not your noble samurai Wolverine stories. These are your berserker, almost horror tends just look at all the violence and carnage and brutality Wolverine can inflict with these, you know, six razor-sharp adamantium claws that he comes out is his animal nature and that's kind of what all I have a feeling like if we do have three issues of stories which is 12 stories I'm sorry three stories an issue and four issues so that's 12 stories I think they're all going to be pretty pretty over-the-top violent and not saying there's not a place for that ever it's not my favorite version of Wolverine um I'm not like the guy's like, oh, cool blood. But, you know, at the same time, um, it does show some insight. And, you know, each of these stories has something a little bit different, right? You know, the first one kind of shows Wolverine trying to regain his grip on humanity. Um, you know, the second one is really just kind of like a, a quick, you know, espionage story, but really bloody. Um, and then the third one is kind of this, you know, morally gray um you know, Wolverine doing what he does best, you know, with saving the kid and then, you know, letting this other guy have a chance of redemption. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're interesting stories, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's not it's not like a deep dive or anything like canonical, like like big revelations or anything. They're just, they're, they're fun little stories for what they are. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to give um, Wolverine Black, White, and Blood, number one, a pretty solid four out of six claws. Um, you know, like I said, it's not the, I don't want to read this kind of Wolverine story all the time, but we haven't we haven't had just a good bloodbath with him in a while. So even the X-Force stuff is, is violent, but it's kind of silly violent. Like, this is more, like, just visceral. Um... And, you know, like I said, I'm not necessarily wanting that all the time, but we, you know, it was it's a nice little change of pace. Um, so Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood, number one, I'll give a pretty solid four out of six claws, mostly for the art, but the stories as well. All right. So Wolverine's and a couple other things um, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to start off with Fantastic Four 24, Cold Snap, written by Dan Slott, art by Paco Medina. Colors by Jesus Arbatov, letters by Mises Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by Nick Bradshaw and John Rausch. Uh, the covers is pretty cool. I like Bradshaw. Um, we have the Fantastic Four, but instead of Human Torch, it's 60s Iceman. You can tell he looks like a snow cone, and he doesn't really have a face. <laughs> so that's how you know it's, it's 60s Iceman. And then you have Human Torch's hand reaching towards them. Um, it's kind of a funky layout, but... I like Bradshaw's art, so it's okay. I really like his thing, just FYI, also. Um, Alright, so this story is basically a tale of the past. So we have the Fantastic Four. They have just adopted... I'm sorry, Ben and Alicia have just adopted the Kroll, sorry, the Scroll and Cree kids from Empire. And they're, they're having a dinner to celebrate. And where we get Wolverine, very, very briefly, is Sue uh, calls Franklin and tells him to come home, and he's on Krakoa playing games with some friends, and we see Wolverine and Iceman in the background. And Iceman volunteers to take him home. Uh, he's like, which is a pretty sweet moment where Franklin's like, woohoo, I've never isolated before, this is so cool. 
And then Iceman's like, hey, I'm Iceman. Cool is what I do. Um, and then Iceman gets there and discovers that the, the ID system recognizes him. We get a flashback through this you know, early Fantastic Four history where Hot Tiffered, Human Torch, and Iceman both quit their respective teams. So the Human Torch runs out on the Fantastic Four. Iceman runs out on the X-Men after getting in a fight. Um, and so while Human Torch is at the bar hitting on some chicks, Iceman runs into the Fantastic Four fighting AIM and, and chips in. And then he, and they have some other adventures together. But then Human Torch sees him on the news and is like, whoa, you can't replace me. And he goes and almost ruins their mission uh, by fighting with Iceman. Um, and then the Fantastic Four, though, they eventually get them to work together. They defeat the bad guy. Xavier's like, Iceman, please come home. We need you telepathically. And Iceman's like, all right, got to check, guys. And then, you know, back current day, Johnny and Bobby are arguing a little bit about you know, whether it was, whether he's really a member of the Fantastic Four or not, but then they're like, you know what, the Fantastic Four is not a team, it's family, and, you know, watch it, and it's funny, because the beginning of the issue, I guess it's worth mentioning, Johnny has this thing where he's like, he's seeing everyone around him, like, you know, Reed and Sue have the kids and the family, you know, Ben just got, and Alicia finally just got married, and now they're adopting these alien kids, and so they have a family, and he's kind of feeling like, you know, a man-child, <laughs> basically, and I think rightfully so, right, he's been written that way a long time, that's kind of who his character is, but he's kind of like, it's time for me to find some ways to step up, and so at the end, he gets encouraged by his new soulmate, um, I think her name's Angel, is that right? And she's like, this is a chance for you to step up, offer an olive branch. And so he does. And he invites Bobby to stay and, and be part of the, the family. Um, it's a sweet little story. Um, I, I enjoyed it. The, you know, Medina's art is really good. I really like what he did during the, the flashback. Because he did a lot of, like, halftone. That's what you call the dots, right, Liv? Yeah, did a lot of halftone and the color work. And just his style works really well, particularly for old school Human Torch and Iceman. Looks really cool. And there's a difference in the way he draws Iceman like back then versus he does in the current scenes. And it's a really nice contrast. It looks really good. Um, I, don't know, it's, I really enjoyed also the idea of like, you know, the concept of the Fantastic Four as being a family versus the team. I mean, the thing has been explored before, but. But how they end up opening their arms to Iceman and welcoming back in um, was pretty cool. Uh, and there's also a part during the mission where Iceman uh, makes an ice Fantastic Four emblem on his chest. That's pretty cool. Some really nice touches. Um, I'm really enjoying Slot's run on Fantastic Four. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It really does focus on the family and the relationships, which I really, really enjoy. Um, so, I mean, Wolverine was barely in there. One panel in the background. But um, I'm going to give Fantastic Four number 24. Five out of six squads. Highly recommend it. Uh, there's also a backup Fortnite story. Because I guess Fortnite got the rights to Marvel characters. So they did this little story. There is as by Greg Land. Doing the pencils of all things. Seems a little high profile for a video game backup story. But uh, anyways, there... Uh, and they assemble a team in Fortnite land of Marvel characters and Wolverine is front and center with this claws going towards the reader. It looks pretty good. Uh, maybe just worth mentioning. Um, 
yeah, that's Fantastic Four. So next up, un unfortunately, unfortunately, question mark, having to jump back into Savage Avengers because you know Wolverine started off in that book, then he wasn't in it, and now he's back in it. So we're going to talk about twelve and thirteen. Uh, number twelve of Savage Avengers is "It'll Never Last," written by Gary Dugan, or sorry, Jerry Dugan, uh, art by Adam Gorham, colors by Hava Tartaglia. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and the cover is by Valerio Gian Giordano and Frank Diamarda. And the cover is Conan, Electra, Doctor Strange, and Brother Voodoo with those the alien oh what's his name? They talk about it in the issue. Um The Kulin Goth is the guy from Conan World. And then there's this other guy from the sixties this monster um what's his name oh shoot it's this really funky looking uh, monster with the eyeball and the tentacles and it was in like an old like some of the old Doctor Strange stories um Well, shoot, man, what? I, I can't find it. I can't find it in the summaries. It, so the summaries have Kulin Goss name like 30 times. I can't find the other monster that they're fighting. Um, gosh, I'm going to spend half the episode just trying to look for this stupid name. It's, you know, it's, it's that same kind of monster-sounding name. Um... But anyway, he has little heads. Um, Shuma Goroth. Yes. <laughs> right. Shuma Goroth. Uh, anyway, they're, so his eyeball and tentacles are on their heads. And, you know, kind of the idea is that uh, Kulin Goth has infected these drugs with little Shuma Goroth parasites and it takes over people and makes them these monsters or whatever. Um, the interesting scene that starts off with where Elektra and Doctor Strange are having like levitation sex. <laughs> so they're kind of like floating in the air. Um, Elektra's doing like cowgirl style. Um, and Doctor Strange is uh, so enraptured that they start floating. And that's really all that you need to know about that. Um, so Doctor Strange, uh, they change Brother Voodoo's brother's soul at the crossroads. Uh, they argue about it, but then Electra kills them, so they're bonded back together, and they talk about the drugs, and, and Conan, sorry, Conan, Con, I, I prefer Conan, uh, Conan, the barbarian, saw some of these monsters and was killing them, and then had, you know, I don't know, like an orgy or something? I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, and then Doctor Strange is like, well, I got some friends, and it's, the Brothers Voodoo, Damien Hellstrom, Magic, Wolverine, and Black Widow, and that's that. Uh, the art is fine, I guess. I don't really like this book. <laughs> um, I don't really care about, like, the plot. And, like I said, I've, I've said before, I have no nostalgia for Conan the Barbarian. I'm happy for those of you that are fans, that he's in the Marvel Universe and he's doing stuff. I'm... I'm 
I hope y'all are enjoying the stories. It's just it's not for me. And there's nothing in here that really engages me at all. Um, but the art's okay. So I'll give it... Uh, uh, two out of six claws, I guess. I feel like that's being generous. Um, Alright, number 13 is... Jerry Dugan, art by Patrick Zercher this time. Uh, colors by Hava Tartaglia again. Uh, everything else is the same. On the cover this time, we have our new Savage Avengers, including Wolverine. It's not a very good cover. I mean, it's kind of ugly. Um, so this is Bang, right to the moon, and our heroes. And so Doctor Strange has gathered his new Savage Avengers, including Wolverine, on the moon. He's trying to be unpredictable. They talk about how they're going to split into teams. Um, one team's going to go after... Oh, I forgot already. I already I read this and I forgot what happened. Um, so, yeah. So, they, they, they're going to go get... One team's going to go get Conan. Sorry, Conan. And the other team is going to go after Cool and Goth. Um, and that's what they're going to do. So, they do that. Um, and... No, sorry. One team's going to go Team Spear will barter or steal the Eye of Power, leaving the Dragon alive is preferred but not required. So they're going to go try to get another Eye of um, Agamotto from this Dragon. Because I guess there's three. Doctor Strange has one. Kuan Goth has one. This Dragon has one. And then uh, Team Shield will go fight Kuan Goth's Acolytes on Earth. So that's going to be the Team Wolverine's on. So Team Spear fighting the Dragon is Conan, Elektra, Magic, and the Voodoo Brothers. And then Team Shield is Damian Helster, Black Widow, and Wolverine. And then Doctor Strange is going to monitor it. Black Widow says, can I get the Punisher to help us? He's like, sure. Um, they go to their missions. And then uh, in the best page of the book, oh no, there's two best pages. You know what? I'm going to retro change. Uh, I like this one better. So so 12 is 1 out of 6 claws. 13 is going to be 2 out of 6 claws. Because what's happens here is we get a, a cool scene where he goes to the dimension of... So, so, what is what did I say? <laughs> what and the name was? Syringoth so, or whatever it is. Shumagoroth. And it's a really trippy full-page panel of the eye and the tentacles, and Doctor Strange goes there to talk to him. And then my fate, the best page by far, both issues, is Bats the ghost dog is walking around. He sees Logan. He's like, hey, Logan, you bring any beer? He goes, hey, Bats, not this time, bud. Sorry. You been a good boy? Like, you bet I have. And then um, Conan comes in. He's like, who are you? And Conan's like, keep your distance, ghoul. And Bats walks off solemnly. Geez, all right, not a dog guy. Um, best page of, of either issue is uh, Logan and Bats, the ghost dog, bonding over beer. Um, more of that can help this comic a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they, they go around and get ready to go on their teams. We see that Kula Goth is eating his monsters to try to absorb their powers. And, you know... It was like, next time we're going to fight the dragon. Um, so, uh, a cool Logan moment. And then, you know, what's interesting, and maybe why I'm disconnecting from the story. So, maybe it's more Conan-ish. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, 12 is 1 out of 6 claws, 13 is 2 out of 6. If there was more of the, like, tripping panel, because in the, the first time, or not the time I'm thinking of, in a multi-part story where Doctor Strange goes to Shuma Garath's world, it's after Ditko, but it's very, very trippy. And they spend a lot of time in that dimension, and it's just off the wall, kind of bonkers. Um, and really, and to me, that's when Doctor Strange is the best. And here you have this story with these like fantastical creatures, but the art's really plain, and the plot's really like straightforward. It's like it's like just kind of basic comic booking where you could have a really trippy story and I would have preferred the really trippy story instead of what we got so like I said that made me the influence of like this book's supposed to be all like oh tough Conan you know biceps and axes and beer and whatever which you know of those three beer's the best um <laughs> but anyway, anyway um I don't know I just don't really I'm just having a hard time getting into it but if you're into this book and have been into this book, you know, feel free to disagree and, and write in what you like about it. I'd really like to hear a different opinion on, on why you think this book is great. Um, yeah, that's Savage Avengers. So last but not least, I have two issues of Avengers. Avengers 37 and 38. Um, 37 is the Age of Khonshu final. I'm sorry, finale. Um, it's written by Jason Aaron, art by Javier Garon, colors by Jason Keith, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, uh, cover by Matteo Scalera and Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, it's a fine cover. It's all the Avengers attacking the bird, skull, uh, ghost, or spirit of Khonshu. Um, so the age of Khonshu is basically that Moon Knight, fi- or Khonshu finds out that a multiverse of Mephistos is trying to, you know, make a power play, and he thinks that only he can stop them, and so he uses Moon Knight to basically take out all the Avengers and steal all their powers and weapons to become like a super Moon Knight Avenger, and then he's going to fight Khonshu, or sorry, he's going to fight Mephisto, and he kills several alternate Mephistos, but it doesn't seem to help, and then the Phoenix comes, and gets Moon Knight and makes him the instead of the Fist of Khonshu, he's the Fist of the Phoenix, and then everyone trades powers, blah blah blah, but they eventually defeat Khonshu, and the Phoenix flies off, and then at the end, we were at the summer house on the moon, and Jean's like, you felt it too? And Wolverine's like, yeah, like a dumpster fire inside my bones. And Jean's like, it's not here for me this time. It's come to search for someone new. There'll be a calling. Sure, Jeannie. And then it chews them up and spits them out, same as always, unless we get there first. And Jean says, it's not for me to go. If you should, what reasons do you have to believe you could ever stop it? Reasons? Oh, I got reasons, darling. I got six of them right here with a full-page double snick, which looks really good. And, you know, actually, I kind of like I like. I don't know what he thinks Claws are going to do against the Phoenix Force, but I like the idea that he's like, here's my reasons. <laughs> Got six of them. It's a cool line. Cool page. Um, I didn't really care for Age of Khonshu. Uh, I like the art. Uh, Garone is a, is a good artist. Um, you know, Jason Aaron's, Jason Aaron's 
Avengers run is kind of tricky for me. Because overall, pretty... I'd say a pretty decent Jason Aaron fan. I haven't read a lot of his image stuff necessarily, but, um... I mean, his Thor run is of epic proportions. And one of the best, like, really long runs in all comics. Like, I mean, it's it's, it's Claremontian (laughs) in just how good it is. And I I know I say that as, you know, a ginormous X-Man fan and, and Claremont, you know, being kind of the end all be all for a lot of my genesis of fan of fandom but his Thor run is just freaking amazing I cannot recommend it highly enough to all of you um so I you know I like him a lot and he did uh some Wolverine stuff which was pretty decent but then Wolverine and the X-Men which he did was was excellent as well I don't know I'm just not I'm having trouble getting into his Avengers I mean we're we're 37 issues in it's been pretty up and down for me. I think what it is, is this story in particular is kind of the climax of... His approach to Avengers seems to be, like, mashing the action figures together. Like, there's been lots of stories where people are like, Oh, well, what if someone else had the Ghost Rider power for a minute? Or, you know, like in this one, what if Blade was the Sorcerer Supreme for a panel? And She-Hulk has the Iron Fist power for a panel. And... I mean, I won't lie, if I was a kid and I had the action, I mean, it's exactly the kind of stuff I did, right? Uh, uh, Cameron, who's, you know, has been on several flashback episodes in the past, you know, he and I grew up together and played action figure stuff, and we were always doing that kind of stuff. Like, what if, um, you know, Indiana Jones flew the Millennium Falcon, or, you know, like, that imagination, like, is really... Oh, uh, yes, I, yes. Denise just corrected me that technically Indiana Jones did fly the Millennium Falcon every time. Um, but anyway, you get the idea. Okay, sorry. What if Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe, you know, flew an X-Wing or got on Bubba Fett's ship and they did some smuggling together? Um, I actually really enjoy that, yeah. Um, that's the kind of stuff we've been playing. It's really fun. Uh, I'm not sure if I would say it was all high quality. <laughs> like, I don't know if I tried to write. It could be. I guess... I guess what I'm saying is that could be really fun. I just don't know if it's really playing as well in the Avengers book as I might like. Um, so, I don't know. I'm going to give Avengers 37... Oh, gosh. I don't know. I do like the art. I don't really like this story. Probably, probably two out of six claws. I'm feeling like a downer. But, um... Anyway, Avengers 38, which is getting ready for the upcoming Phoenix story, is by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. Inks by Mark Morales. Colors by Jason Keith. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And cover by Ed McGinnis and Jason Keith. I don't remember what that looks like, because I got the variant cover by Aaron Cooter and Matthew Wilson, which is a Black Panther with Phoenix power. And there's, like, flame panthers as he's jumping out of the reader. It looks awesome. I'm trying. I don't remember what the other cover looked like, and this one's great. Denise gave a, a nod of approval. Um, so we get this story of this guy um, in a Kansas blizzard. He's, he's starving. He and his family starving, and he's he's praying um, for you know anything to to save him. 
and his name is Ambrose Randolph. And the snake crawls up with a knife and says, Anything? And so he kills and eats his family in the wagon, but he's promised another family in an everlasting line. Um, then we go to today, and Black Panther tries to recruit Moon Knight to the Avengers because he did so well fighting against them. But they know he's really a hero, and, you know, bygones, bygones, but Moon Knight refuses. And then we come to modern day, and Tony Stark, Captain America, and Captain Marvel are trying to figure out what's going on with all the Mephistos. We get some more stories of this Randolph family through time. Then we get uh, Doctor Strange, Iron Fist, and Ghost Rider watching the Star Brand baby. And we see the Phoenix Force has taken over this volcano. And it's like, it looks like it's making a nest right across from Avengers uh, Mountain. And with the, uh, you know, the alien uh, celestial body where they made their base. And Thor and Blade are like, this doesn't look good. And then um, we get history where the celestial came to Earth and vomited up like the, the plague or whatever and there's a fly and the fly laid a million maggots and that's representative of Mephisto and then we see all the different times that he's done stuff um, you know we see him you know sowing discord to apocalypse um, you know we see him sowing discord to the Hulk and a space shark and then we see a young Thanos coming to Earth millions of years ago uh, with our million BC Avengers. Um, and he's trying to take over the world. Then we see Thor, the Odin as Thor, and some ancient Avengers fighting Apocalypse in Egypt, and the Phoenix was there. And then we see, you know, the first time the Hulk fought the Avengers, um, and Mephisto was there as well. And then we see in the future, the end of time, with future Thor and his granddaughters and the Wolverine Phoenix fighting uh, the giant Loki, Doctor Doom, Ego, the living planet thing that was a thing in that story. Um, that's our barely Wolverine appearance. And then um, we find that there was a time where Tony Stark's dad had like a Mephisto dog and he found the Randolph family and like ate them. Um... And we know he has a tie into Mephisto. That's kind of what Aaron is doing with the story in Iron Man, tying you know his family back to Mephisto, which I'm guessing will continue to play a role in his Avengers going forward. Um, this art's pretty good. I don't know. I I, I like and don't like what he's doing with Mephisto. I kind of like just the over the top. I'm the ruler of this part or this dimension of hell and I'm collecting souls and you know doing that I don't as far as tying him into like all these events as like you know all of these shows are responsible for all the evils everywhere I, I don't know that makes him too like true satany you know from the biblical story right you know even the snake like in the garden of Eden um I don't know. I like him being one of many devils in the Marvel Universe, or one of many representations of evil. I, I feel like Aaron's trying to make him a little more universally evil, and I'm just not sure. Um, anyway, I didn't really like this issue that much either. Um, 
it's fine. I don't know. Both of these issues of Avengers is like between two out of six and three out of six. Um, you know, the art, but not really digging the story. Uh, I'm going to go two out of six. Sorry. I'm not in a, the best of moods, I guess. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's, our, that's our Wolverine appearance. This started off with uh, Black, White, and Blood, which is pretty good. And then the Fantastic Four story is really fun, and the rest of this... Um, Kind of, kind of frustrated. I'm getting pulled back in. I was, I haven't been reading Savage Avengers or Avengers, um, and wasn't really missing them. But anyway, there you go. So that's our bonus episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, excuse me for the podcast that goes snicked. You can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff for snickcast.podbean.com. Um, and as always, you know, as we continue to to move through uncertain times in the pandemic and everything, please stay well, stay safe. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. So until then, hugs and snacks, everyone. Bye-bye. And snacked.